Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. And what is a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. What would you do if you walked into the doctor's office for some what you thought were kidney stones and instead the doctor looked at you in the eyes and said, you have cancer? What would be your next step? This was the path that my guest today was set on. And for the first half of the show, we unpack how he faced this challenging journey. Maybe this is your story. Maybe it's your partner, your parent, somebody on your staff, but I know you'll get a lot of value. So, Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. And before we jump into the episode, I'd like to take some time to thank our show sponsors. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, which increases student active engagement and participation and reduces classroom management issues. Learn more at OrganizeBinder.com. I believe that school leaders are doing the best they can. But is it possible to be just a little bit better? According to Demetrius, a school leader in California, the best part of the mastermind is the hot seat. I learned so much from the challenges that we all share during the hot seat because the feedback that our members give is so insightful and valuable. Lauren, a principal in Washington, D.C., remarked that the best part of the mastermind is access to tremendous thought partnering. If you would benefit from getting connected to other elite school leaders and would enjoy discussing education and leadership deeply each week, then we welcome your application to the mastermind. Apply today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. And we're back with Dr. Kelly Crane and another tip of the week. Today, Danny, we're going to talk about starting with the end in mind. You know, as a leader in the school, one of the things we were always taught was to make sure you know what the end is. And when I was leading, the one story I can think of is that the end was the courtroom. And so when we had employment problems, um, our HR people would always tell us we have to win in the courtroom. So make sure you have documented, 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 and that you have evidence to support anything that has happened throughout the situation. So, you know, you can apply this to teachers who design lessons. You need to keep the end in mind. What is the result that you are wanting for the end of the year? And I would take it like the courtroom. You want to win. You want those kids to win. You want that achievement score to, to go up and you want those kids to master it. So always start with the end in mind. I think it is a great tip that everyone should use. The important part about that too, I mean, I think every successful person I know uses that reverse engineering or starting with the end in mind system. And uh, Lao Tzu said, you know, if you don't change direction, you might just end up where you're headed. You know, that almost sounds like a Yogi Berra-ism, but the point is know where you're going, right? And know where you want to end up, or you might just get there and you might not be happy with where you end up. Ruckus makers. I'm here with one of the 
most favorite people I met in 2019. And uh, Aubrey Patterson has been a teacher, principal, and superintendent in a high-performing school district in Western Canada. Aubrey co-created Nohea Leadership to help edu leaders use the technology to capture great ideas, recapture time, and build exceptionally open and positive learning cultures. Nohea's easily adaptable systems use three distinct stages that fall in succession like dominoes. Simplify, clarify, and amplify. Aubrey, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. It's it's an honor. I'm I'm really, really uh, excited. Uh, This is a blast. So this is definitely a treat for me. Like I said, you're definitely one of the favorite people I've met in 2019. And uh, we've been on a number of Zoom calls. Uh, We get to meet every every week on a you know mastermind call. And uh, now you're becoming a great friend. So this is this is truly an honor and a pleasure. We're gonna jump in. We're gonna go deep right away. And you shared a quote, and I know a bit of your story, and we're gonna unpack that for the listener because. I think a lot of people are going to be inspired and uh, be able to deal with some hard stuff because of this. But what you told me is that you refuse to be defined by what you face, but you want to be defined by how you face it. And bring us to that moment, Aubrey. Okay. Well, thanks. I love the phrase, I'm not going to be defined by what I face, but by how I face it. This might sound sad, but it's a really happy story for me. I hope the joy can come come through in, in the... Uh, in my uh, voice right now, I'm just I'm ex- excited about it. Uh, about three Christmases ago, I went to the doctor and I and I thought I had a kidney stone or something like that. And you know, it's not that unusual of a story. I, I heard the cancer word and it, it looked pretty bad. I had three surgeries and you know, I just decided at that point it wasn't the best for for my family, for me, for my school district uh, to keep going as a superintendent. I heard somebody say once, the view gets a little bit clearer the closer we get to those pearly gates. And I don't really have that mechanism to turn things off and and work part of the day. And so the only way I saw being able to get better was to kind of turn the page on the career and try something new. And going back to that, I'm not going to be defined by what I face, but how I face it. I wanted to make sure that I was never defined by that moment. Um, I wanted to be inspired by that moment. I wanted my family and everybody who cares about me to see this in action. And I didn't really want to talk about it. I just, I didn't want to be the, you know, the superintendent dude who got cancer. I, I wanted my, and I didn't want my kids to be the kids of that guy who got it. So there was no way I could let that happen. And and so I thought if I can set a really good example, you know, that's something positive to look you know forward to. And so after about eight months of recovering, I decided I need to do something more in education. I'd always joked I'd buy like a fish taco truck in Maui or something like that to get my social. <laughs> <laughs> but there was something missing. I was healthy, fully recovered. I was in the best shape I'd been in in you know, over a decade. Something felt incomplete. So um, my very good friend Lori and I started Nohea one day at a Starbucks last winter, and it's kind of kind of taken off. And And I don't look back on any of the on any of the struggles. And I just hope that maybe my example can help somebody if they're facing a wall, you know, maybe it helps them climb over it a bit. So that's it. So now we're inspired and doing all these new things. And I'd like to think that I did something that uh, turned a negative into a positive. And I absolutely thought of that phrase every single day. Wow. It, was it um, just something that you would say to yourself? Was it written on a wall? Was it a reminder in your phone? Yeah, I use uh, I use Google Keep in my phone, and it was like um, pinned to the top. So I had that phrase right there. So 
you know, I, I did see it a lot. I had the visual, but I also just, it just became habit. Um, and every time I started feeling a little bit sorry for myself or, or anything like that, I just kind of say it to myself. And, and, you know, and every time I'd like look at my kids or my friends, I'd, it was a reminder that if, uh, if maybe if I can do a good job on this and, and face this down, it'll maybe help them when their time comes to face adversity and that too. So I, I, I thought about it every day, but I also had some visuals. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the ruckus maker that's listening, you know, concretely, what are some of the things you did to, to face uh, the challenge you overcame? Because maybe the ruckus maker is, is on that journey herself, or maybe it's a, a partner or a parent or a faculty member. And so I'd love to offer some concrete, practical things. And I know everybody's journey is different, but we can learn from what works from others. And that's why we love having these uh, open and honest conversations. Yeah, no, totally cool. Like I, I it's kind of like with leadership, you know, the best way to become a, a stronger leader is to try to build leadership in others, you know, and, and I tend to find that I'm much more positive and I'm much stronger when I'm looking for positives in others. Um, I don't know who I learned this from. I, I can't remember. I'm sure I didn't come up with it on my own, but I made it a practice uh, back when I was, especially when I was a principal and an assistant superintendent, a superintendent to, I made it a practice to give three people a day some specific positive reinforcement, you know, kind of pats on the back. Ideally it happened before noon, you know, and, and it wasn't just simply something like, you know, hey, you're awesome, Laurie, and just leave it at that. It was more like, the way you made that graphic and the way it works for our website is just so perfect. You know, like something concrete. Well, anyway, um, that specific positive reinforcement made me feel better too. Selfishly, catching people doing the right thing made me feel better. So while I was really sick and that, I still made it a, pro- uh, a habit to connect with people. And it's not the easiest for me. I'm a little bit introverted in that. Um, and I didn't want to share much about being sick because I didn't want to bring people's days down or anything like that either. I didn't want people feeling sorry for me. So I would send messages out, especially to the, the principals and people who I'd see a lot. And it would just be like positive little messages and compliments on things that they were doing really well that I would notice either social media or, you know, I noticed in some way. So I, one of the concrete ways to to deal with things was to look for the positives that others were doing and experience and experiencing and and uh, you know just catching them doing something right and making their day and that made me feel better and that made me stronger and that's kind of how I did things. Yeah, we call that good finding, you know. So looking for just positive things and others and uh, bringing it to calling attention to it, and it seems like a a little thing, but it's not that frequent, right? It honestly, uh, I think, set you apart as a leader, as a human being. And I appreciate how you made it super specific too, because it's it's really easy to just say, oh, you're awesome, or you know what I mean? Like, way to go, proud of you, that kind of stuff. But when you tie it to something uh, very specific, you're also communicating, I see you. You know, I see the contribution, or I see the how you handled that situation, and that that makes it all the more meaningful, right? Yeah, com- completely. Like people will smile and really appreciate it when you tell them that, you know, they're, they're wonderful. Like that's, that's nice to hear. Of course, like I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but they'll remember it mm. and they're more likely to pay it forward if you actually tie it to something specific. And, and that's the bigger piece, right? Like we want to create, 
you know, you don't want to just uh, create waves. You want to create these wakes off of them. And so if I can actually say something positive and specific and create this um, positive emotional wake where that person pays it forward, et cetera, et cetera, not only does that make the world a better place, but it also it also makes me feel a whole lot better, at least thinking that they're more apt to to pass it forward if uh, if I keep it specific. Gotcha. We're going to move on to Nohea in, in a sec, but I'm wondering, are there, is there like one more concrete idea that you could share with the Ruckus Maker listener? And I love the good finding and the specific um, praise and the, the three good things, but did anything else really pull you through that, that challenge? Yeah. Like the, again, there's, there's just so many and, and you realize how important um, all the people are around when, when times are, are tough. But again, I always feel better as, and I think most people feel better when we think we're, um, we're doing something to help others. And, and so, uh, another practice I had, uh, I learned very early on in being a principal and took it into the, uh, assistant superintendent world was, uh, to have a lot of stand up power meetings, you know, like 15 minutes around the buildings. And we'd have a specific place we'd meet once a week or every two weeks for 15 minutes. And in that meeting, we'd only ever ask, um, all right, I'd start with, you know, what's getting in your way? What's the most important thing we should be talking about today? Like, what's what obstacle can I remove? Well, anyway, tying it back to when I wasn't, you know, when I was sick and recovering and that, I couldn't be there in person, but there were still things that I could do to help people while I was away. And so I would still try to connect and, and just say in a text, you know, kind of or on the phone, hey, what's getting in the way? Is there anything I can help you with? And, and if I would do that, you know, selfishly, I felt better and it felt like I was connected and everything. But I also, again, was adding to the to the common good. And I and I was trying to trying to still, uh, you know, actually remove barriers and things like that, too. I, I could often do that uh, from a distance and digitally. Thanks. Appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all cool. Let's talk Nohea. You said uh, it launched with your friend Lori in a Starbucks. I love the message, simplify, amplify, clarify, so important. So tell us a bit uh, about Nohea. Yeah, like I, we've long held this uh, belief that management and leadership aren't an either or. I absolutely believe in building leadership capacity. And I think, um, you know, my, my friends and those I worked with would say I have a track record in that area. But I, I know it comes from a good place that people often talk about you know, management as opposed to leadership, like management's a bad thing. And I don't see it that way. I, I think management's, I get it's coming from a good place. I get where, what people are saying, but a way I like to think of it is we lead people and we manage systems or data or information. And so we never want to manage people. We want to lead people. So I get that that's where people are going, but what's happened, I think over the last 15 or 20 years is often we've, uh, you know, robbed Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. We, we've, uh, we've robbed from the dignity of management to make leadership seem more elevated and ideal. I actually see management as the mo- one of the most important parts of leadership. And so what, what Lori and I do with Nohea is we try to create systems and structures and really positive communications and, and things that some people might, t- most people would actually call it leadership, but I think it's actually forms of management and we create these structures in school and district offices, and we have some boot camps, and we have um, we do in-person consults and workshops and all that kind of thing to to help 
with the information flow and to help with uh, how meetings function and and things like that, things that are often overlooked. You know, I've I've always believed. I, I heard a long time ago. I think it, I'm paraphrasing Peter Drucker, perhaps. I'm not sure, but but anyway, the that uh, it's possible to be excellent manager and an awful leader, but it's impossible to be an excellent leader and an awful manager. People need really solid management skills, and I and I think that that principals and and uh, superintendents and all these people uh, could use a little help in that area. And uh, that's what Lori and I try to do. Love it. And we're going to dig into more of the Nohea message in just a sec. But right now, we're going to pause here for a message from our sponsors. Better Leaders, Better Schools is proudly sponsored by Organized Binder, a program which gives students daily exposure to goal setting, reflective learning, time and task management, study strategies, organizational skills, and more. Organized Binder's color-coded system is implemented by the teacher with the students, helping them create a predictable and dependable classroom routine. Learn more and improve your students' executive functioning and non-cognitive skills at organizedbinder.com. And we're back with Aubrey Patterson from Nohea. And we were talking simplify, amplify, clarify just a second ago. And really a provocative idea, Aubrey, that you have is uh, essentially, you didn't say this, but management isn't a dirty word, right? And you, you paraphrase that Drucker idea that you can't be an excellent leader without also being an excellent manager. It took me a while, Aubrey, and actually because I started this podcast is really the path that I went on to, to learn about systems, right? So I don't know that the ruckus maker listening uh, truly understands what a system may be although it's essential to the effective operation of your organization. So let's, let's talk systems and, and break it down for the listener right now uh, and add some value that way. Oh, that, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite words that I picked up early on was the word simplexity. You know what? Simplexity. <laughs> simplexity. I, I'd, like to, yeah, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that uh, if I do have a superpower, that might be it. You know, taking taking a whole bunch of complex things, something really, really messy and making it simple. There's a quote on our website from Hans Hoffman, uh, the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak. I find that in schools and school districts, we just keep adding on and on and on and on without structure. And um, one of my favorite things to do is to create, like I'll just give you an example of a system how about we create some things not to do lists? Everybody's creating things to do lists and adding on to them. But our favorite thing, one of the things I get asked to present on the most and to to consult on the most is something that we did. I did it as a principal and as a, a, especially as an assistant superintendent with the principals is the things not to do list. It's my favorite thing. So we create uh, with uh, our systems with Nohea, it's the same stuff as I did when when I was uh, working in schools. It's it's uh, simplify, clarify, amplify. So we kind of get things down to the basics. So step one in this example was uh, to put the staff in a room. And, uh, you know, I'm going to use an example right now of teachers and a, and a principal. When I was a principal, I'd have all the staff in a room and I'd ask them to give me answers. And I'd write on a dry erase board all the things that are have-tos from admin. And they would list things. They'd list so many things. <laughs> and, and typically, only about a third of them were actually real. Like some of them were like corporate history from 20 years earlier. Some of them were like 
perceived or created in parking lot discussions or you know somebody's holding court in the cafeteria i don't know but um, many of these things just didn't exist and some of them did exist but many years ago and people were still doing them so step 1 we created a system where we would declutter you know uh we'd declutter those things and we'd end up with in the end a list of a few things that are have tos but we would create on one side of the board a thing a list of uh things not to do anymore so if you're doing these stop it well wow i can tell you teachers love that so then i got to the district office and we did this with principals principals love that and <laughs> everywhere i go people love the things not to do list and that's one example of the kinds of things we do at nohea and i say some people say well that's great leadership Okay, I get that, but but the reality is we're just managing information with that one. I'm not managing the people. The people are actually giving the information. So that's where going back to what I was saying earlier, I think management gets a bad rap sometimes, and sometimes we have to you know declutter things. So we simplify them, and then once we had you know what the real have tos are, ask some questions. Are there better ways of doing this? You know, we clarify things so we get some clarity going, and then things amplify. And that's how I think we became the, uh, like we were completely off the charts in terms of all of our data in, in our province at the time um, for many, many years, actually. Uh, we just kind of made things easy for teachers and administrators to do their thing. So that's one of the examples of a system is the things not to do list. Love it. Uh, I got to that things not to do list by conducting a past year review. And I, I learned this from Tim Ferriss, but essentially, Aubrey, you go through your calendar, right? You make two columns, positive, negative. You think about people, events, activities for both columns. And you write down what were all the things that filled you up, gave you energy, right? Right side were all the things that took away, sucked you dry. And you'll have a very extensive list, especially if you actually use your calendar to uh, be effective. But from there, you can't eliminate everything. So find the top 20%. What were those top 20% of things that gave you the most energy? And what were the top 20% people, events, and activities that sucked you dry, right? And that became your avoid at all cost list, which is very similar then to what you're talking about. And there's actual people, Aubrey, on a piece of paper that I ignore and avoid because they're, they're takers. They are not givers. They are not generous. They're always asking me, get on the show, right? Or put things out through my social channels or email list because of the, the influence that we've built at Better Leaders. But not anymore because they do not give back. It's not a reciprocal relationship and that just drives me nuts and they suck my energy. So there's people I avoid, events I avoid. And I just wanted to share that, another practical tip for ruckus makers, but to plus 1,000 your comment because the not to-do list is absolutely brilliant. And it's back to you know your uh, wonderful message of simplify, amplify, clarify. Before we sort of uh, move into the, the, the last questions we ask every guest, did we miss anything with Nohea that you'd like to bring to the forefront that the ruckus maker listening should know? I don't, I don't think in terms of the practical sense that we've missed anything at all. I, like I and I, and I love, by the way, the add-on to the things not to do. Now I've got something new to add. So thank you. I will be borrowing. Here, here, yeah, high five, virtual high five. Like we, uh, so I think the, the, the word right now is curating. I'll be curating from you. Thank you. So yeah, no, I, I think that like Nohea, 
basically some people will ask like, why did we choose the name? That kind of thing. What does it mean? It's basically uh, Aloha Spirit plus leadership. That's what we do. And, and we're trying to connect people and, and notice, um, you know, in, in the world today, we could use some more positivity and some kindness. So we've created this group of people um, to which you're one, of course, um, our, our mm. kindreds. Yeah. Uh, so our, our Nohea kindreds, like we love finding and connecting these people that give. You were just talking about people who, you know, the difference between giving and taking. So our, our community is growing with all these ed leaders, all kinds, teachers, consultants, administrators, authors. And the common denominator is these are kind and creative and positive to steal your your term, the ruckus makers who do it with a smile on their face and they're selfless. They, they care more about the person down the hall than themselves. And, and that's, that's kind of it, right? Like we, we, we want to be kind and, and, and also at the same time, uh, make life easier for people by giving some, some really simple management um, and leadership strategies. So uh, yeah. And so, and and thank you also for being part of uh, the kindreds. It's, it's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. How could I not? I mean, you've assembled a really great uh, team of Avengers and, you know, it's just a, it's a pleasure to uh, plug into that that community. All right, well, winding down the conversation we're having today, Aubrey, what message would you put on all school marquees across the globe if you could do so for just a day? Oh, I, I love this. You're significant, period. Um, I always want students to feel significant, want the families, the parents, the, the teachers, every adult in the building to feel significant not just today, but always. So you said for one day, you're significant. For one year, you're significant. Forever, you're significant. When I was uh, the principal at a high school, and then uh, later that high school was uh, in the district where I was a superintendent as well, um, we had a career center in the middle of the school. And it was a very cool career center operated by these just awesome ex-administrators. They actually just worked part-time and they cleared clutter for kids to find their way to to uh, post-secondary and uh, to apprenticeships, etc. Anyway, in this career center, they had a motto, and that motto that they proudly displayed is, "We're not done with you yet." And so they're like kids, and I'm using that, you know, with the air quotes, kids who were 20, 25, 30 years old coming back to the school for career advice. Why? Because they knew they were always going to be significant, and that was the message we kept saying all the time, you are significant. You'll always be significant. You'll always be one of us. And so my one sign, you're significant. It's powerful. Aubrey, you're building the school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. How would you build your dream school and what would be your top three priorities? Oh, my imagination's pretty, I've, I've had actually had the pleasure of building a few schools. So this is great. Three things. Um, we'd be a community school. We'd be the main hub of a whole bunch of things. We'd, we would be connected to city resources like the library or performing arts theory, swim, or sorry, theater, the sports center, athletic field, swimming pool, everything in the community, and we'd be a hub. So it'd be kind of like our school plus all these other things as part of the community. We would be served, but more importantly, we would serve the community and teach the kids too. So number one is we'd be, you know, uh, a community school. The second thing is we would uh, hire the best teachers. How? A year ahead. We'd recruit. We'd do all kinds of things like that. But uh, 
we were a very high performance school district. Why? Because we had amazing teachers and we fed them generously. So we'd hire the best teachers um, and then we'd feed them. You know, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't feed your teachers, you don't uh, feed your students. So we'd be a community school. We'd hire, we'd find ways to recruit and hire the absolute best teachers. And the third thing is we would promote uh, from within and grow the leaders that we want. Um, we would grow those leaders that we want from our teachers, from these best teachers that we found um, so that we can keep the culture alive. I'm, I'm totally for getting new blood in once in a while. Don't get me wrong. But in general, we would uh, we would grow the leaders that we that we want. So community, amazing teachers and grow our leaders. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, Aubrey, of all the things we talked about today. What's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? To make a difference. Like, trust your gut. Look at the eye, look into the eyes of the people we serve, the, the kids, the adults, and, and trust our let's trust our guts. And don't look for permission to do something. Don't look for where it says we can do something. Look for where it says we can't. <laughs> like, and if it doesn't say, if it doesn't keep you from doing it, like anything creative hasn't been written about yet. So if there's no rule or no legal reason that you can't do it, do it. Don't look for permission to do something. Look for any indications that say you can't. And those probably aren't there. So that's how we get creative. And, and so if you want to be a real ruckus maker, you want to make a difference, Yeah. look into the, eye, look into the eyes of the people you serve and uh, don't seek permission. Just look for where it says you can't do it. And when it doesn't say that, just roll with it. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.